0: The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions.
1: Listen up. I'm a little I'm a little congested, but I should be fine. I couldn't live where you live. It's too dry.
0: For me, it's nice though because like any sort of humidity just f***s up my hair. And then I don't like <laughs> feeling kind of just wet all the time.
1: <laughs> well, it's not wet. It's well, I I
0: I mean, it's like, like I, I guess that's super humid. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I, I I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, yeah. You go down to Florida this time of year, and you're you, you're out for five minutes, and you're yeah. you're you're bathed essentially.
0: And you just have to stop talking like this because it's so hot and humid. I
1: I don't understand. I I feel like it doesn't make any sense that people from the south are so nice because it's hot. They should be angry <laughs> because it's hot. Yes. yes. Everything should should be like, oh, fuck everything. It's, it's ninety-eight degrees outside. I'm I, I can't stand you. I don't want to talk to you, neighbor. And and instead it's the people in the northeast where, you know, the the weather is you know changes every now and again and you know in the it's it's normal springtime weather it's normal summertime weather normal winter normal fall weather and, and yet they're pissed off 24 7 it's it's amazing how that happens
0: <laughs> i think that's i think i think just like the pizza it's the water that does it it it's, yeah um... yeah <laughs> it's definitely part of the water <laughs> Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Better Band Podcast, an all encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Let us begin with the first song. Go, also the first single from Verses. I am your host, Brandon, and my guest today, Randy. Hello. Hi. How goes? It goes and goes and goes, just like the. No
1: idea where it's going.
0: No, I was gonna say the Dur- not Duracell rabbit, the Energizer Bunny. Energizer there we go.
1: Bunny. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. How come they don't have Energizer Bunny commercials anymore? Uh, I think he made
0: a little comeback a couple of years ago for I mean, a commercial uh, or two. I think so. Uh, but I say a couple of years ago, it might have been like ten years ago or something like that.
1: You know, this this um this advertising industry is missing its cartoonish characters, uh, you know. Uh, you got like your Geico cool go, dude. Oh uh, yeah, go, I forgot go. about him. He's kind of I don't know. He's he's kind of lame though. He's he doesn't have like a a follow your nose or something like that. <laughs> he doesn't have like oh I don't know maybe the fifteen percent, but nobody cares about that. Like this, the, what I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of like the golden age of of cereal cartoon characters you know the the tricks rabbit lucky oh, Charms. they still got them i know just, like there's you don't have a kid
0: so you there. don't watch the uh all the, no. the kid channels so
1: no but the commercials watch probably em. aren't even aren't even good anymore
0: oh no like, it's all for crappy toys and stuff and it's like oh geez
1: right like i do they even have like keebler elf commercials anymore they used to play that uh like the christmas keebler elf commercial all the time and and now you never see it
0: no, no, I don't. I don't think I've seen. They don't really. Keebler's not a a big deal
1: anymore. No, I know but That's that's what I am trying to say. They should be, you know, more cognizant about the cartoon characters and bring them all back. I think, like, uh, what were the old seventies ones like? Twinkie the Kid and the Ringding, yeah, Ringding King or something like that.
0: And then you had your uh, monster cereals, your Count no, uh, Chocula, uh, blueberry. Frank Fruit and Brute, Frankenberry, the uh, mummy. Oh, what was the mummy's
1: name? Oh God, uh, Yummy Mummy, I mean, Yummy Mummy. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say Gummy Mummy. Yeah, Gummy <laughs> Mummy. Um,
0: gummy Bears, a cartoon and a and, uh, and a candy.
1: The cartoon that was that that was like the Disney afternoon cartoons. That was the one of those that I was not really interested in. DuckTales was awesome oh yeah was awesome. Um uh Darkwing Duck was was the shit, but uh I I couldn't get into gummy bears for some reason. It was just kinda eh. Didn't really they didn't have, really stick.
0: They have new duck tails. Yeah. Good stuff.
1: I've, I've seen it is is it good?
0: Oh yeah. And they just introduced uh Darkwing Duck too. Really? Into it. Interesting. Yeah. They got Gizmo Duck on it, voiced by uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Really? Wow.
1: Yeah. That seems like such a small role for him. Hey, it's it's
0: Ducktales, man. It's
1: yeah. You, if you get a job in Disney, you you do not let it go. And Speaking
0: of letting it go. Hey,
1: uh, <laughs> wow, I didn't even realize that that was in there. There are like nine puns in that in that sentence alone. wow
0: yes the uh, single was released in October 25th 93 uh, abroad before it came to the US June 27th uh, 95 with the identical to or cheaper than the more expensive import version uh, written by music by Dave Aberzies and lyrics by Eddie so Let's talk about Pearl Jam now,
1: I like them <laughs> i've done I, I think I've done that a couple of times yeah what do you, where do you want me to begin? How should I begin this since this begins the album?
0: yes, it begins the album. I think that the this started off you got this last exit um something you think J no, I mean for it starts with a little sort of sort of introduction sound before oh, it starts right yeah it's kind of like okay everybody get ready oh tune your instruments
1: before we uh are you counting are you counting master slave for for once are you counting that well that's more of like a sort of uh, well
0: yeah yeah it does have like a sort it's, of it's not, introduction thing before the the song starts
1: right and then it kind of it, it blends together. Mm-hmm. Um, Breaker fall doesn't have that. It goes right into Breaker fall. Uh, mm-hmm. Keep really doesn't have that. Um, Life wasted just starts out right away. And yeah. um, going to see my friend starts out right away. Uh, and then getaway same way. Yeah, yeah. So so it's kind of like the middle albums there that you know they they did this little like teaser to get into the song, I suppose. Yeah, that's look. I have like a whole encompassing uh, vision for what this song is that is not necessarily what they were thinking, because I think that I think that it's a lot simpler than what were handed, because we can look at something and we can say, like, "Ah, oh, like break it down in, in this and this and this fashion." But I think the song itself is as simple as Ed just wrote a song about his truck. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I remember for years I wanted to know what the hell the lyrics were about because it it sounded, you know, don't go on me, don't go on me now, sounded like a person, mm-hmm. you know? So I wanted to know if there was a story behind, you know, is this, uh, you know, a loved one? Is this a former girlfriend? Something like that. And for a long time, I don't know if you realize this either, I saw quotes from Eddie saying, I have no, I actually have no idea what the song is about. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, like, how can you forget a song like that? Like, it seems like these lyrics are so poignant and like the song, it takes you in such a, an emotional and aggressive direction that why, you know, why are you not tapped into it as much? And then it was, um, apparently it was a quote from Dave that said, uh, that Eddie wrote it about his mm-hmm. truck. So um, I kind of, after reading that, it was probably like three or four years ago that I had found that out and it sort of opened my world. And, you know, you listen to the song hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more times and, you know, live album, uh, what have you. uh, And you sort of get, I don't know, you can continue to think of things in your downtime when you get bored. And I sort of turned this song, upside down from a song that's just being about eddie's truck to something a lot deeper The song to me, this, and I don't think any of this was intentional, but if you listen to the song and you listen to that little intro and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's noodling and it's kind of just, you know, do, 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 Think about it as a truck. And then think about like that specifically that Jeff, baseline just that when everything stops it goes doom doom doom, 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 doom. and then think about how they go into and in the intros. Can you not see that baseline being the key in the ignition trying to rev up and you're not getting you're not yeah. getting the car to start. And then once you get that da, that's the car starting and and you hitting the gas and you you're you're on your way. You're going, uh, but that Jeff bass line throughout the song is so it's so sludgy. Um, it's so just like uh, it reminds me of a muffler that's just it, it, it keeps puffing. It keeps it keeps <laughs> you know uh, it's just it's got this old truck vibe to it. While you know while really you're driving the car and you're going fat you're you're able to go 80 and you shouldn't um <laughs> that's that's how I feel about the song you're able to go 80 but you shouldn't be able to because everything baseline, starts shaking and that baseline should be slowing you down but it's not and mm-hmm. I really I think it's deeper than just saying the song is is about Eddie's truck i I think I think the song is a truck um, it is whether it was intentional or not, the idea that I've kind of put in my head over the last couple of years has been that, um, the, what he's describing, uh, in the lyrics is essentially how they compose the music. But I, I, I don't know. Cause what we do, what we do know, the facts that we do know is that, uh, stone caught Dave just kind of playing this, uh, just, sort of randomly, um, mm-hmm. and he said, you know what, I kind of like that. Ed, Ed heard it, and he was like, okay, let, let me jot something down, and then they got to doing a couple of takes, and, uh, and it turned out to be what it was. Um, but I don't think the way that it sounded, the way that they recorded it, and we'll get into the McCready stuff in a second, but the way that it recorded it, it didn't sound like they were trying to overthink it and they were overthinking a lot of the versus songs like eddie during that album i think had like sort of i don't know if it was a breakdown i don't know if it was a um uh like writer's block probably not as bad as binaural but he had to leave the studio for a couple of days and and kind of refresh his head and that's where uh songs like river mirror and um uh, I think Animal came around that time. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, I know River Mirror came, was the one song that he brought back from that time away that was like, yeah, this, this works. This is going on the album. Uh, but Go, it, did, it doesn't feel like they were trying to do any of what I had just mentioned intentionally.
0: Yeah, with, I think the way that some of their songs come together i think especially like in this time period where eddie will just start singing and making up lyrics and stuff like that and it's just sort of words that fit the rhythm and words that kind of sound good i think that that's probably how it could be like i don't know what this song means it's like i was just you know singing words and you know there's the parts are just going through and you know it's just the sanders words like suck but and it's like what the hell
1: right uh, all that stuff is definitely like doesn't make any sense in relation to the song like don't overthink any of that And and i i didn't put any effort into even doing that that's that's like that that old story about um uh the guy that that you know sat out in front of john lennon's house for six six days and after a while john john let him inside and he was like what does this song mean what does this song mean he's like they were just words. I I needed. I had a rhythm, and I needed to come mm-hmm. up with some words. And 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 they were just that. Like, hate to hate to break it to you, but that's the song was just words, and that that that's it. Sometimes you just have, have to create something for for art's sake. Yeah. So. What else what else can we uh discuss on this? Um shall we shall Um
0: we? I know that in the um in the Sirius versus anniversary show or whatever they did they uh came out with what was it last year earlier this year uh, that
1: uh, uh you're not talking about the Greensville show, are you?
0: No, no, the uh, the the Sirius XM show?
1: Uh that they had
0: that yeah. they just they they had interviews and they were talking about uh, verses and everything like that. I actually
1: I actually never listened to any of that.
0: Oh, maybe uh, maybe I, somebody will uh, somebody get you a, a copy me. of that so that uh, you can.
1: Uh, shmandin
0: Schmalomo will uh,
1: get that, you an MP3 what does of that. that rhyme
0: with? <laughs> I don't know. They're just words. They don't have to rhyme with anything, right? Uh... <laughs> They're
1: just words. That's right.
0: But he says that. Uh, He thinks that he was kind of talking to the crowd, too, like saying, you know, don't go on me. You know, I never acted up before. Sort of like, "Okay, you know, this is a new album. This is kind of different than 10. But, you know, trust us. This is still good stuff. And this is still going to still going to rock. It's still going to get you somewhere.
2: I think in a way, when I, when I think lyrics, I, I think it was written as a male to female relationship thing. But I think the real version was that it was talking to the crowd in a way and the crowd for us that had grown exponentially and so it was pleading, <laughs> don't go on me now, I swear I never took it for granted, you know, and once was this way and now it feels this way. and. We had a pure relationship, and things were a little crazy at that time. So I know that what everybody in the band and within the band felt was that we had something special, and we didn't want it to go away. And we didn't want... I think it was working with the the audience as a a relationship. You know, you're one-on-one, but you're also one on many in a in a crowd situation or one on even more than that when you're talking about everybody listening to the record so i think that was it it was like don't go on me don't don't just trust us still and please give us some more time to grow
1: that's that's an interesting take for you know the first song of an album like they're still very they still have this like I don't, I don't know if it's lack of confidence, but like they're confident in what they're doing, but they're still young. They're still, I, I guess, I guess you can yeah. say maturity. Uh, so, you know, they're the ideal or maybe like just time frame of being a rock star, especially at the time was so small. The window was so small that I can see those words, meaning that like, I could say, don't go out, don't go on me. Don't go on me now. Like, if he's saying, if he's singing that to the to yeah. the fans, he's worried that I'm trying to make this career myself. I'm trying to, uh, you know, if this is coming from a personal aspect and not just being about a truck, uh, I'm trying to k- keep your uh, attention. You know, I'm trying to I'm doing my best to make this entertaining and make this good for you. Um, and How do I keep doing that? That that sort of sounds like like what he's doing. I I honestly never even thought of that before. So that's a really interesting.
0: The uh let's see, they debuted this at the uh Slim's Cafe show where they also busted out a bunch of other uh versus
1: songs for the first time. I think Glorified G, I think Rats, uh Blood. Blood. Um everything everything hadn't been played up until that point besides Animal was debuted at the VMA's uh leash was being played all throughout 1992 and then daughter which was called brother at the time not to be confused with the other brother uh that was played kind of sparingly you know early in 92 late 92 early 93 that um the new year's eve show from 92 that one sticks out uh because they actually introduced the song as brother yeah um but, yeah, that, that Slim's Cafe show, that that's a lot of those live debuts came there. Uh,
0: it was also nominated in 95 for a Grammy Best Hard Rock Performance alongside uh, Beastie Boys' Sabotage, Alice in Chains' I Stay Awake, and, uh, of course, the winner of that, Black Hole Sun.
1: Yeah, that's—it's I. It's probably between Black Hole Sun and Sabotage, but Black Hole Sun has to win that. Yeah. So— uh, what was been the black circle up against? I don't even know how that ended up.
0: Oh, I I don't care about that until I get to my vitology I, stuff. <laughs> wow. That's how, That's a couple months from now. Oh, yeah. That's so oh, who knows. Who knows what the world would be like by then? Flying cars, uh, I, <laughs> foods and pill forms. I already
1: have foods and pill forms.
0: <laughs> well,
1: not hey, me. I, but, what
0: do yeah. you mean, like vitamins
1: or? Yeah, essentially. Stuff that keeps you alive. Or,
0: well, like Jelly Bellies. Those will taste like different foods. Yeah. You know? work. damn buttered
1: popcorn. I, I think we lost I think we lost oh, track. that's okay.
0: Are you one of those types of people who likes <laughs> uh, the uh, buttered popcorn Jelly Bellies?
1: No, because I've never had them. Okay. Well, you don't
0: need to try them.
1: Okay. It doesn't sound like anything that's up my alley. Those, the Harry Potter um, gummy uh, uh, jelly beans. yeah mm-hmm. um, I'm a, I'm a no thanks with those. The ones that kind of like taste like soap and and dirt and all that crap. I'm uh I'm out. I'm out on that. No, <laughs> no thanks. I, I like I like you know normal flavors that you know come from fruits or or uh, artificial flavors,
0: other candy sort of flavors. Exactly. What about black licorice?
1: Mm, not into it. Not into it. Yeah, no, I'm, I I like uh, I like Twizzlers a little more. Oh, that, your I, Twizzlers! Yeah, I, is that an East what, Coast thing? I, so I'm into Red Vines. I think you know what? Maybe because we don't really have Red Vines around here. Like, it's not as prominent as Twizzlers. But I mm-hmm. Twizzlers are that one candy that I never think about before actually going out and buying it. Yeah, it's just kind of like wow, I haven't had this in like a year or so Twizzlers. it's usually the first ones i go to are reese's and i don't know like oreo cookie bars and stuff like that
0: and that ends the candy segment that we've had <laughs> in every episode so far right
1: Wow! yeah uh, <laughs> glad to be a part of it that's uh that's that's a lou Gehrig streak right there <laughs>
0: Uh, it's the, uh, they've played it, uh, 45 times as an opener, most, uh, mostly in 93. And then also for a string in 2006, they opened the shows with it. And, uh, you, you know about opening live shows, right?
1: Uh, uh, it's a little fuzzy. Uh, (laughs) um, I've actually, I've been lucky enough to see two shows open with go and, um, they set the tone quite nicely it, it it's it's different because obviously you know I, i'm actually surprised that 45 is the number there um i didn't even you know take a look at what the stats were for go because um i have to do enough stats and research for for something else so i, I just figured i'd uh you know I'd, I'd i'd take it easy on myself for this one time around but i'm gonna guess it was it's probably been played 412 times something like that maybe 300 yeah,
0: you know, you have the different websites and they'll have different, different yeah. uh, sites. It, it all, it's it it's at depends. least 300 between like three mid three to uh, not late three, but like lower, lower three hundreds to like sort of higher mid three hundreds.
1: Yeah. It kind of depends on like, I, I try to follow a lot live footsteps the best because I kind of know his process and mm-hmm. I've talked to him about it before. But um, the thing is, he has some that count, like the uh, self-pollution radio shows, because those were played live. They counted um, mm-hmm. uh, some of the rehearsals for SNL. He counted those because those technically counted. So it's it's a little it, it's dicey. It, it really, you know, other places will count certain songs that weren't really played. They were just teased or tagged. So you know, uh, I try to follow the live footsteps model as much as possible because they're trying to take everything that has actually been played in a live setting and, uh, and, and plug it in. You mind going back to the lyrics on this one? Cause I, I, yeah. I, I think the whole car thing, the, the thing about this being a truck, I, I think it goes a little deeper than that. Um, I know I talked about the music being like a truck, but, um, I, there's there's a sort of desperation in the song that makes it feel like it's not just the truck that it's something else and there are some some lines in there uh uh suppose i abused yep yeah so suppose i abused you like is that him running away from a situation like or is he talking about suppose i abused you suppose i abused the truck and now Uh, just pass just pass on on like is it i don't know what that could be but uh you know is is he suffering for treating the truck horribly that now he's in this dire situation where he needs to get out of somewhere or get to someone uh that he's begging and pleading for this truck that's it's less about the truck you know all all said all things said less about the truck and more about the destination and where he's going or else the desperation, like you lose a truck. Okay. You get a toad, you figure it out. It's fine. Um, yeah, some people, I'm not a car person, but some people have major attachments to their cars, especially truck people. Truck people are very, very attached, uh, to their trucks and they get trucks, get new trucks on, on the regular. But you know, it, it sounds like he's trying to get somewhere, get to something or, maybe you you want to dig deeper into this is he like trying to avoid the cops you know at the end like there's that little part that Stone plays in there that's kind of like that siren part that (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's kind of one of those uh, create your own storybooks. Uh, you know, you can pretty much create whatever idea it is out of the songs that a song that you want. Like we said before, this could be uh, Ed's pleading of the fans to you know stay with us because we we got some, we still got it. Where you know our plan is to, to be here for as long as we can be. Uh, and then, you know, it kind of, that ties into the songs like blood where he's dealing with his, his fame. But I don't know. I, I, I thought that when, once I heard that the song was about a truck, I, I tried to dig a little deeper into it and, you know, see where, where it could go. And it took us, Took us to that destination, so
0: yeah, especially with that uh, that specific lyric too, it also brings uh, uh, at least to mind for me the like cycle of abuse too, which I think is easy to kind of like lump it yeah. in with how you know go animal daughter. You kind of can get an uh, uh, a sort of song cycle about being abused or some site of some sort of uh, assault or something like that happening too because you know right if you a lot of people who will suffer abuse will sometimes turn into abusers themselves so yes you know it's sort of that's, like oh i'm just just passing it on you know
1: right uh, that's that's a really good point that's the the old thing about you know your, your bully is also being bullied you know he could be mm-hmm bullied by his older brothers he could be bullied by his father his mother but um there is a reason for the bullying and that's not just you know hey that's a mean person no he's he's taking it because that's the that's what he he's around that's all he knows and i'm speaking of like maybe you know young impressionable people um children mostly that you know children that develop bully like tendencies we're we're not born with these tendencies they they're around the attitude so how are they going to treat others the way that they know how to be treated you know i i was as i was lucky enough to be you know treated with respect by my parents so i tried to treat other people with, with respect and of course you know, when you see other kids doing things, then you take traits from other kids that you bring home that you're not supposed to bring home. And, you know, uh, but yeah, that that whole thing about the abuser part. Absolutely. Like the abusers in most cases have been abused. It's it's kind of it's scary to think about because it just goes down this wormhole of just, you know, just things that you don't want to think about necessarily that it's not sunshine and and bright sunny days but uh you know um yeah i definitely get the feel from those those first three, three songs too that that they're all you know about dealing with or or running from escaping from uh from an abusive situation and then rearview mirror being that sort of opening and um and escape from those abusive situations
0: so with the song we have pretty much all the elements coming together i believe is a good introduction to the album you know you've you've got pounding drums you've got uh just the the bass just killing it right there in the beginning you got awesome verse chorus riffs and stuff and then you got it you got it the just mike just killing it with the solos like especially at the end where he's just kind of throws his guitar on the ground when he's done. It's like...
1: yeah you know reading about reading about that whole situation there uh, apparently he only did about four takes of that and they took the second take and he was sort of just kind of taking in what the rest everybody else was doing and sort of just kind of of feeling it so Mike has said has got on the record by saying I've always tried to emulate that part live and tried to play it Exactly like how it's played on the album live, but it's so difficult to recreate because I don't remember what I was thinking in that moment. So I, I thought that was interesting. That it, and if you do listen to versions of it, it you know there are times he does kind of op- open the floor a mm-hmm. little bit and play it a little differently. But I, I I would like to listen to more really early versions to see where he because now I I would assume that he's he's got. A version figured out now because uh, it's pretty much a straightforward song. Um, when you hear it live now, it's just a rocking, you know, good, energetic song. Uh, but they never it's not like even flow where he'll change up uh, a solo or something like that. He pretty much they they nail it the same way every time. Um, I like your earlier versions too to see him trying to figure out how to recreate that magic that that he did on the second take
0: yeah i think with the with the solo it's not one that does a huge run up and down it's i think it's real sort of based it's real box based with the uh with the scale that he's doing there so i think if he he finds a place he can get a lot of the notes the same over and over again
1: but also it doesn't it doesn't need to be perfect. Like I, I, nobody's actually, I like when oh, things no, no, are no. messed with live, when it sounds a little bit different live, because then you can kind of say, well, this live version, this solo and this live version is was really interesting what he was able to pull off here. It had some sort of magnitude, some sort of, uh, it felt full, it felt elevated, but in, the other, in another version, it all also boils down to, to where they played in the set too. Um, you know, another version could feel just very, I don't want to say plain cause the song isn't plain, but, um, kind of like every other version that you hear and you can kind of tell when a song is played really, really well live when you hear it and you get a sense of this was a fantastic version of this song when you're in that moment and and it it varies and changes everybody has these different opinions of uh, about you know their live experience with certain songs and certain you know every everything but uh yeah i mean like there's there are versions of go where it's just like i like i like it the way it is and there are versions of go that it's just like okay they really went up and beyond and and obviously the guy to to go up up and beyond in in this one is mike
0: yeah, I think he's he's said that he has to he has to be warmed up for the solo. He's got to like work up to it, especially the, the final solo of it. Just because it's just got so much in there that he that he he's he's, he's trying to right. do that. It's it's, it's when they I, I think that has a lot to do with where they place it in the set as well.
1: Yeah, which is kind of funny that they've opened with it so many times. You would think that um you know if that's kind of a song you need to warm up with. Why don't you close with it? You know, I, I I love it when it's a set closer when it's either the first set or an encore close. Um, it works it works really well as an opener too. Yeah. But um, the thing, the tricky thing with that song is, and we talked about it on your episode of our show, it needs to it needs to shock you. It needs when you yeah. get that it needs to kind of come out of nowhere, and you need to get this like elation and and energetic it needs to like the energy needs to to hit you before realizing what they're about to to go into you know what i'm trying to say here yeah yeah it needs to shock you um come out of nowhere no talking beforehand no like oh well this is dedicated and and i know one of their most famous versions actually was dedicated uh that was dedicated to kurt um when they played it in atlanta in 94 mm-hmm. that's i think people do go back to to that one being one of the more famous ones the curtain. um yeah when it when it kind of you know you stop like a good a good example of where the place go like end of first set do the evolution and you kind of have that uh that kind of stop you pause just for a second and then you can go right Into into go starting and I think that's I like them maneuvering it like that.
0: Yeah, it leaves you just primed and ready. It's like, oh yeah, I can't wait for them to come back with the encore. It's gonna that energy is gonna take you through that break.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And and you know it can go the other way around too. That like if you open an encore with it or even come out of a cooldown with it, uh, then it it's like, all right, what's next? Because you, you have obviously prepared me for it. You know, when you play it early in the set, it's great. It prepares you for the rest of the set, but man, you have more heavy hitters that are coming. You have Corduroy that comes sometimes you have, uh, you know, hell, hell that can come sometimes. And those are all heavy hitters. And it feels like there shouldn't be a lot of heavy, heavy hitters after go. You should sort of, um, find something even you know just that that sort of sticks in the middle there. yeah I, and I, I think a simple solution would would be going an animal that it's it's recognizable mm-hmm. and yeah. uh you know it, it still captures the same amount of energy in an animal you can pretty much play anything after so uh closing closing the set is where i like it the best
0: it, it It works as setting up the table and you're putting all the dishes and uh, the you're setting all the places and you're pull then you just pull out the tablecloth and you're like, yeah, it's like, okay, cool, Let's see where this goes from here or just flipping the table because you're like, okay, it's over. let's let's just demolish it and see what's gonna happen after this, what you know, Thanksgiving's over and you flip the table. it's like, oh, what's gonna happen now?
1: Go is the Motley crew destroying a hotel of Pearl Jam songs. <laughs> that's, 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 you know, that's exactly, that's exactly what kind of live song you want to hear. And they're yeah. not going to play it every night, but you know, just obviously change things up. But um, if they did, it's, a, it would actually do a disservice to the song because it, you would expect it more. You are not supposed to be expecting yeah. this. It's like for you wrestling fans out there in RKO. <laughs>
0: uh, how does this song fit into your, uh, your favorites for you? Is this like an upper tier, middle tier? Uh, no way in hell. This is so, upper. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, this is, this is upper tier for sure. This has always been, um you know, top, top 25 somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a really difficult time making top 10 lists now because it's just kind of it's weekly i i listen to different stuff and different stuff hits me differently yeah, yeah. uh on a weekly basis because i i've i've i have so much of an intake of this band from all different eras now that i could like something from the 90s and how they played it live and that that specific version is what i could be into at that moment and not you know the necessarily the studio album version or uh, a version that they play live in current time. Uh, you know, great example mm-hmm. of that would be WMA. But um, Go is always like always a song I wanted to see. I, I I you know talk about making impressions that that closed the the first set for the first show I I ever attended. So and that was one of the the like i mean there were like 10 talking points but after the show i remember because i actually went to uh the show with my co-host uh on that other program over there uh (laughs) i went to the show with matt and i remember like that was the one thing that matt said was they closed with go i'm good this was great like that was his absolute favorite favorite moment and Uh, yeah, it's, it's always in my, my top 25 as far as, as album leadoff tracks go, uh, this it's really tough because everybody knows how much I love Brain of J and how much that song, uh, just, you know, I, I, absolutely love that song and i i i I went for so long being into the explosive pearl jam songs the the harder stuff the faster stuff the uh stuff with with really heavy mic solos um and now my taste is has sort of been intertwined with the footsteps and the off he goes and uh and that sort of stuff that's um you know, got a little bit more lyrical, uh, depth to it. So go is still, you know, in the top 20, it's somewhere it's, it's upper tier for sure. Uh, this is, it, it is no, absolutely no slouch of a song, but, um, I believe I did come up with the top 10 of opening album songs. And I think I did, uh, go one Brandon J Two. So. All right, I'll 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 say it. Hot take. Go is the best opening track on any Pearl Jam album. There you go. There you go.
0: There you go, folks. Yeah. Come at them. Like they haven't before.
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah,
0: people, come at me. Wait, no, no. <laughs> I'm a wimp. Don't do that.
1: Uh, I'm not calling you a wimp. I'm just... Trust me. I I can be. <laughs> I'm prepared when it comes to Pearl Jam fans, though. I am prepared to snap back at any moment. Everybody knows that, so...
0: So, so uh, you, so you, uh, you, you seem like you know your, uh, you like your Pearl Jam. If, if this is your first episode of my podcast that you're listening to for some reason, mom and dad, <laughs> it's a horrible place to start.
1: You can get to start at the beginning, right? <laughs> that was your joke. Oh, <laughs> that was your joke, the mom and dad joke. Um, but yeah, uh, no, I, I think we uh, the two of us share a lot of listeners. I w- I would have to assume.
0: Yes, yeah, so you're from the Live on Four Legs podcast, correct?
1: I yeah, I think I think enough people have probably figured that out by now. But <laughs> yeah, that's, it's all like, oh, uh, that Randy. Oh, yes, there there are lots of other Randys within the, the Pearl Jam community that that do podcasts. There's there's like at least sixteen Pearl Jam podcasts out there now. So you know, if if you don't listen to one or two. <laughs> 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 it's probably mine because it's three hours fucking long, but I get it. It's fun.
0: Yeah, but then you get to like the uh, like back in the in the good talk radio days. It was like, oh yeah,
1: the four hour club
0: or something like that. The three hour club, yeah, because I listen to it all all the time. And
1: uh, yeah, but those guys, uh, some of those people, you're just like really like it, it's like. I think what's worse is the the sports <laughs> sports talk radio people that will listen to a full four hour sports talk show when they have no guests and it's like a late night a late late night show. Some of these people and they're just up at two three o'clock in the morning and they're listening to you know the 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 d lister uh, jockey that's that's just talking Mm -hmm. about random random sports stuff and and the people that call in those hours are are just they they let them talk because it's like okay we need to fill time anyway so uh yeah but yeah i don't know where that was going but
0: well thanks for coming on randy and uh you want to come back for uh vitology
1: for last exit yeah well yeah i'll come back i'll come back and exit sure why not
0: because we totally don't have this planned right
2: nah
1: who plans stuff <laughs> i only have from now until septem middle of september planned for for my podcast so yeah who plans shit anymore who does that who wants to take the time and do that so <laughs> i totally get it
0: so if you you, you gotta listen to to live on four legs people you gotta yeah
1: at least one <laughs> <laughs> At least a show that you've been to. I think, I think at this point, unless like for the major concert goers and major concert goers have at least been to one or two MSG shows, uh, I would say we've probably covered something that you've been to before.
0: Yeah, some, some tour you've been to, it's always good to hear different people talking. That's why I like to talk to different people and see their fan experiences. And
1: Yeah, no, that's that's the best best thing about our show is just I, I, I want to know what people are looking for from us and what, what they necessarily want to talk about or what they want us to talk about. It, it's sort of, uh, I say this all the time, it, it's sort of kind of reliving people's memories and you know childhood to some of these people or you know young adulthood and just sort of making member berries out of them and uh, trying to forget what you know goes on in, in everyday life and you know that, that three hours that you spent at a show trying to uh, encapsulate that and make it feel special once again. That's 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 what we try to do best. And then, and then Matt says he hates something like Long Road or Breath or or something like that. And he goes, he goes along and ruins it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, for for the most part, we try to keep your memories, uh, you know, very positive and intact. If that wasn't a good enough sell for Live on Four Legs, I don't know what is. So hopefully, hopefully you guys are listening. If you're not, then let us know. You well, know, what are we doing bad?
0: Now you don't want to know if people aren't listening. Well, they oh, wouldn't be listening okay. See, so, yeah, you get to you get to talk to your buddy about Pearl Jam. That's all Yeah. That's that's the most fulfilling thing I think that uh you can get out of it for at least for doing yeah, the podcast. You, you,
1: you can take that for granted sometimes because <laughs> you're just like, you know, you don't want it to get to feel like too much work, and that's why I try to do every other episode be a guest, so we can get that. Experience from them, and you know, get sort of you know, if we're on an episode and we're just like, ah, man, that that just wasn't the best listen this week, and he'll have more of those than I'll have more of those. Uh, but if we're on an episode, Where that happens, and then the next week somebody comes on, they're like, "Yeah, well, you know, I I did this at the show, and you know, I remember it this way, and I remember the the crowd doing this or being like this." And then you are like, "Wow, this is a whole new perspective. I am going to think of the show in a different way than I just listened to on the bootleg now." So it's you know, it opens it opens our eyes to some. You know, just, you know, we can't go to every single show. So, and we haven't been, I've, for somebody that covers Pearl Jam live, I've been to 20 shows. You would think that somebody doing that would, would probably be in the triple digits by now, but no, it's just, just something I really like. And I would hope that before this is all over, I can get the triple digits, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen.
0: Way to leave on a down note.
1: <laughs> Mortality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh I like hearing that so
0: well thanks thanks for coming on and we'll talk again and and we'll t- oh man I really s- sucked up this ending.
2: <laughs>
0: just thanks how about I say that thanks Randy
1: you can do you can redo it
0: if you want no you I'm, got
1: all the time to end in the world hell
0: no I'm keeping that. <laughs> You can subscribe to The Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from ShoutEngine.com slash Podcast using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ListenUpReno. I'm on Twitter at BrandENP. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to BetterBandPod at gmail.com or send any insights to the stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Randy, and as always, this is Brandon saying, I'm Trey McClure. You probably remember me from such films as The Revenge of Abe Lincoln and The Wackiest Covered Wagon in the West.